This is episode number 235 of the Fearless Presentations podcast, the fastest, easiest way to eliminate public speaking fear. Want to absolutely eliminate public speaking fear? This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on Fearless Presentations, Doug Stannard. Hey, welcome to Fearless Presentations. I'm Doug Stannard, CEO of the Leaders Institute, and my goal is to help you become a fearless and confident speaker and presenter. Merry Christmas, everybody. This is part two of a two-part episode uh, with some of my best ways to start a speech. And last week, I gave you three ways to start a presentation that help your audience actually retain the content of the presentation much longer and much better. Um, this week, I'm going to give you four ways to get your audience to pay attention to you right off the bat. So these work best when you're speaking to a distracted audience or a stoic crowd. If you stick around, by the way, until the last five minutes, I'm going to give you a bonus tip, not any of the seven, but one of my favorites. Uh, it's not foolproof, but when it does work, it works incredibly well. By the way, the episode is brought to you by fearlesspresentations.com. If you are looking for a faster way to reduce public speaking fear or become a persuasive speaker, we've got two-day public speaking classes coming up in Phoenix, Dallas, Tampa, Los Angeles, Denver, Philadelphia, Boston, Washington, D.C., Miami, Cincinnati, St. Louis, Minneapolis, and Salt Lake City. Those are all coming up in the first couple of months of 2023. Um, we've also got a virtual class coming up in January. Uh, so if you want details about any of those classes, just go to our website at fearlesspresentations.com. So this is part two of the seven dynamic ways to start a presentation with examples, by the way. And last week, I gave you three different presentation starters that each help the audience retain the content of the presentation much better. So just in review, we we um, st we covered starting with a summary or a conclusion at the very beginning. Uh, we also gave you the the, um, the the tip to start with an example or a story. And then the third one was open with a startling statistic. Um, and at the conclusion of last week's episode, I, I kind of mentioned that if you really, really, really want to help with retention, you can use multiples of those three uh, openers. You know, for instance, start with a startling statistic and then add a quick story right along with it. Or start with your summary and add a story. So when you use multiple of these things together, it actually increases the retention even more. So this week, I'm going to give you a few of the quick presentation starters that I've come across that help you get the audience's attention really quickly. So they pay attention to you right off the bat. And the first of these, which is actually number four on the list of presentation starters, is to start with a funny or motivational quote or one-liner. Uh, sometimes a relevant quote that that you can easily memorize and deliver can capture attention in a positive way. For instance, I often use um, the quote a quote when I'm starting a presentation skills breakout session. I'll say something like, um, "There are two types of speakers: those who get nervous and those who are liars." <laughs> Mark Twain. So it's a, it's a funny kind of way to get started. A powerful quote um, is an effective way to make a positive first impression also. And sometimes it even adds a little humor if you use a really good one. 
So you can find quotes just like that one for your presentation as well. All you really have to do is just like what we did with the statistics, you just Google your topic. And then instead of putting the word statistic at the end of it, just put the word quote or quotes to, to get ideas. Um, so I, same thing, the same presentations that I came across last week or that I showed you last week, we're going to do that with a quote as well. So the first one was, does school kill creativity? And I just put that phrase along with the word quote, and I got creativity is the greatest expression of liberty. Bryant McGill. The next one was your body language may shape who you are. Same thing. Just put quote at the end of that, hit enter. And Google gave me language is a more recent technology. Your body language, your eyes, your energy will come through to your audience before you even start speaking. Peter Gruber. The third one was how great leaders inspire action. A quote that I came up with was a leader is the one who knows the way, goes the way and shows the way. John Maxwell. By the way, here's another bonus tip. <laughs> Reference a quote and then add your own take on the quote. It makes it more fun. Uh, so like, for instance, you can say something like, Walt Disney once said, if you can dream it, you can do it. But have you ever thought to realize that every single invention was ever that was ever created by man was just an idea born from someone's need? So basically, I'm just adding to, I'm giving the quote and then adding something to it. It takes a little bit more creativity, takes a little bit more planning. But if you're able to pull that off, it makes you sound really, really smart when you do it. So number five is to start with an opinion asking question. Now, I do this quite often. I use open-ended questions a lot when I start, especially if I'm starting a sales presentation, if I'm trying to persuade the audience or if I'm trying to get them to buy something from me. Um, I, I, I want to make sure that the content that I have prepared in that presentation is in line with the people that are in the audience, with what they're looking for. This is especially true if those audience members are also potential new customers. So I often start this, you know, with an open-ended question like, uh, in a perfect world, right? If you start with a question like that, a lot of times it gets people to kind of think of, what the ideal type of answer to that question might be. So I could say something like, in a perfect world, if your team was able to present their ideas to your customers more effectively, what would they be doing that they're not doing now? Now, this technique is a little bit more challenging for a presenter because you've got to be able to take whatever the audience gives you and then design a killer presentation on the fly with the answers to the questions or the things that they they brought up to you. However, if you've done your research before the meeting, you shouldn't be surprised by the answers that they, they give you. So keep in mind that only the best presenters actually use this technique. So when you add the open-ended question to your speech, you're going to increase your stature as a speaker as well. Also, you have to make sure that that question that you're asking is open-ended, meaning that the audience is just giving you their opinion. Rhetorical questions and show of hand questions, those kind of things, they can backfire on you. Your, your audience may think that you're trying to manipulate them. So the important thing to remember is to ask a question that asks for the opinion of the audience members. That way, as they answer Everybody that answers, you can be correct. 
So number six is make a powerful and shocking statement to start this speech. It's very similar to the statistic, but this time you're just making a statement. It's not really, it doesn't have any numbers in it. So a little bit easier to, to um, organize this one. Uh, for instance, I sometimes start with a bold statement like just about everything you've ever learned about public speaking is wrong. <laughs> and I'll then follow this statement with a list of different tips that people try to try that really don't work. Um, the things like, you know, picturing your audience naked and stuff like that. The funny thing is, is that many of the people in the room will question the truthfulness of my statement when, when I first make it. When I say, hey, just about everything you've ever learned about public speaking is wrong, they'll go, that's not true, right? But as I start giving them a few of those things, then and, and when they hear them out loud, they just sound ridiculous. Like, Thinking about your audience naked, how that was going, how is that going to help you reduce your nervousness, right? Uh, so it's a bold claim, and and they 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 don't confront me though when I make that bold claim. However, when I look around the room, I can see the distrust on their faces. However, as I begin to list the crazy tips one by one, they begin to realize the truthfulness of that statement. And so internally, the checklist kind of sounds like this. I'm going to give you my statement and then what people are actually thinking most often when I make that statement. So if I say to reduce nervousness, you should pretend your audience is naked. At that point, people in their mind are going to go, man, he's right. I tried that. That doesn't work. you know. And then I say... You should memorize your speech word for word. Actually, if you lose your place when reciting the speech, you're just gonna, that's just gonna make you more nervous. And when I say that, people go, oh, wow, oh, that one's true too, right? Um, you should practice in front of a mirror or record yourself speaking. Actually, you're your own worst critic. In fact, you'll nitpick every little minor thing that you do wrong. And then in their head, they're thinking, yep, I've done that one too. Wow, maybe he's right. Those things really don't work at all. So initially, when I make that bold statement, I'll have a lot of resistance. And then as I kind of give them examples and that resistance kind of goes down, the trust level actually increases pretty dramatically. So again, this is a fairly advanced type of public speaking tip. But if you're able to pull this one off, it will build the trust level with your audience pretty dramatically. Number seven is to arouse curiosity with a hook. So a good way to start a presentation is what marketing people call a hook. You give the audience a little tease of something that's compelling, then let them know that more is coming later in the rest of the presentation. By the way, I did that at the beginning of this session when I said, hey, by the way, if you stick around for the last five minutes, you're going to hear so I'm giving them a tease and then kind of telling them, telling them that, uh, telling you that you'll get more if you kind of stick around. Uh, radio, television news, uh, reality TV shows, they do this stuff brilliantly. I mean, I, re I remember I'm old enough that I actually saw season one of Survivor when it was actually on TV. <laughs> so um, the season winner, by the way, of, of, of season one of Survivor, whenever that was, 2000 maybe 2000, 2001, 2008, a long time ago anyway. But it was a guy named Richard Hatch. And um, the thing about Richard was that he was a good fisherman. And so he fed the group. He was really, really popular early on in the, in the, um, in the, in the season anyway, because he was providing for the team. However, he also did things to keep the other contestants a little off their game <laughs> at the start of one of the episodes 
Richard was walking along the beach, buck naked, with his bottom kind of blurred out uh, by the producers of the show, I'm assuming anyway. And I remember doing a double take. I wasn't even watching the show, but I'm kind of walking to my fridge and I see that. And I'm like, what the heck? You know, uh, I mean, because there are really just some things that you can't unsee. <laughs> Uh, and I didn't really particularly want to see Richard Hatch's bare bum ever again. However, I was eager to find out how in the world it happened that he was on camera walking down the beach naked. You know, that there's some story behind that. And so it kind of left a hook. It, it's like the human brain wants to complete that puzzle and go, how in the world did that happen? Talk radio guys do this, by the way. Um, they'll say stuff like at the bottom of the hour, we're going to have an interview with so-and-so, right? Um, it's it's kind of like a cliffhanger. Everybody wants to know how the story is going to end. So for instance, in in TV, um, you know, back in the in the day when there was actually real TV shows on networks and things like that, the the uh, seasons the season end always had a big cliffhanger hip cliffhanger you know will ross marry emily or will rachel stop the wedding you know will john snow die of his stab wounds uh, ken jennings has won 74 times in a row on jeopardy will this be the show that where he gets beaten um what what's going to happen to uh the da dea agent hank when he realizes that his brother-in-law is breaking bad, right? And and finally, the old timey one is who shot Jr. Right? So those things have been around, and they were really, really popular. They got a lot of social media attention because they were were kind of cliffhangers. You can do a mini version of that in your presentation. So basically, an easy way to do that is um, when you start your presentation. Uh, d depending on the purpose of the presentation, um, you could tell your compelling story, like I mentioned last week, um, and just don't tell the ending <laughs> and then stop right as you get to the climax. Then at the end of your speech, give them the conclusion um, uh, or the, the hook could be a, a cliffhanger or a foreshadowing of something later in the presentation. As we did this research, we covered, we uncovered a single habit that once you change it will generate an extra quarter of a million dollars to your company. And I'm going to share that secret with you in my final point. <laughs> it's like, Ooh, I can't wait till it gets to the final point. Right. Wow. That much, that much money. Right. Uh, and by the way, that's what I did at the beginning of the podcast in the last 10 minutes of the podcast, last five minutes of the podcast, I'm going to share with you that the best, best um, st starter ever. It's not foolproof, but it, when it does work, it works really, really well, which by the way is right now. This is the bonus way that can help you start a presentation. And that is to add showmanship. Now this is a bonus. I'm not saying everyone should do this. It's not a foolproof way, but if you pull it off, it can it can leave a really really it can, it can give you great it can be a great way to start your presentation. So sometimes you just have to be creative. When, when I first started the Leaders Institute, I got invited to speak to a lot of local local meetings and business card exchanges and that kind of thing. Now keep in mind that at the time, no one in these meetings came looking to learn presentation skills or leadership development or that kind of stuff. So I had to do things a little differently in order to be remembered. For instance, um, one time just after the 4th of July, my kids had some leftover fireworks and, 
And I had also been uh, sending out decorative mailing tubes and I had some leftover mailing tubes from the, the last marketing campaign that I did. So the, the the next morning when I was to speak at a business breakfast, I got to the hotel meeting room before anybody else got there. And I filled a trash can full of water and put it underneath the the, the desk, uh, the, the table where the speakers would be standing because I knew that I was going to be one of the guest speakers that morning. And, uh, and basically, I stuck one of the sparklers from my kids' fireworks into the, the top of the mailing tube. Um, until it was my time to speak. And the MC, you know, called my name. I was the next guest speaker. And uh, and I was I was waiting at the back of the room. And I, had, I had to be very, very patient. So she called my name uh, and I didn't say anything. I didn't didn't do anything. Um, so she called my name again. And then and then when she said kind of last call for Doug Standard, that's when I, I took out a match and I lit the the sparkler. And I went running up to the front of the room with this with the mailing tube in my hand and the sparkler sticking out of it. it looked like a big huge thing of dynamite, right? And so and, and and of course, so everybody in the room saw this. It was a it was it was very noticeable. And of course, the visual aid, you know, looked like I was holding a, the, the stick of dynamite. Dynamite. I pulled the trash can off from the table, threw the prop into into it, and it sizzled with lots of smoke and everything. Um, and the whole audience was looking around like, what in the heck? And and then I just paused and I said, hey, you guys want to put some sizzle into your next presentation? Now, it was cheesy, by the way. It was way over the top. But when but it got the whole audience laughing. Everybody in the room in the room remembered who I was and what I did for a living. Um, and so, um, you know, and I got business from it, you know, it was one of those things that it was so memorable that I ended up getting business from it. Right, here are a few less over the top ways of adding showmanship into your presentation that you might actually use. One of the things that you can do is use boards instead of slides uh, or posters or boards. Everybody expects a slideshow, but if you've got a, a compelling board or a poster that, that is in the front of the room, when you start, you can create some curiosity about your topic right off the bat. Or you could get the audience to participate in, an, in a demonstration. I had a salesperson from the Riddell uh, Helmet Company, the football helmets. These are the folks that that um, make a lot of the high school, actually high school, college, probably the pros too, uh, football helmets. And um, and they had created this face mask that detached very easily with with a little pencil-like tool. And he had a couple of men from the from the front of the room come up and try to pull a face mask off of the helmet as a demonstration. And when when it got to the point where they were, were it was obvious they weren't going to be able to pull that off, he kind of pulled that pulled that little pencil tool out and gave it a little click. And all of a sudden the, the face mask kind of popped off in one hand. It was a very vivid demonstration. And because two people from the audience were 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 participating in it. It made it more interesting and fun. A lot of times magicians kind of do this. They'll have somebody from the crowd kind of come up and, and do something. Um, another good piece of, of um, another good visual aid or a piece of showmanship they can do is just add a fun video. Um, I, I do this a lot, especially when I'm teaching leadership classes. I'll often play segments from old Saturday Night Live skits or a funny social media video of, of some type. Um, where the characters are doing the opposite of what I'm teaching, you know. So, like for instance, if I'm if I'm telling people to not be critical, 
then I'll find some video on TikTok or something like that where somebody is being critical and it's funny. One of those things that got shared over and over and over again that people are familiar with. And then when I show it, it's it's funny and it kind of makes my point. Um, whatever method that you choose to start your presentation, though, make sure to spend time developing the actual content of your speech. You don't want to spend a lot of time creating the perfect opener and then lose the audience with the lackluster uh, presentation afterwards. So next week, we're going to show you how to not only create a use this, this great um, opening, but to next week, we're going to show you how to design this speech in a way that's really easy and helps you reduce your nervousness pretty dramatically. So we'll see you next week. Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week.